focused on aging, DNA repair, and cancer. Thank you so much for coming back to Modern Health Fan. It's great to talk to you again. My pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, Dr. Gorbanova, so one of the things that you look at is uh, sirtuin 6, and you've written some papers on that. Yes. Uh, before we kind of go into detail, could you provide a little background on sirtuin 6 and how it fits in with the other sirtuins and, and kind of why it's so important? Yeah, so sirtuin 6 is one of seven mammalian sirtuins. They're all homologs of the yeast sirtuin gene, uh, which is important for yeast lifespan and for maintaining DNA silencing of DNA. So because there are some regions in the DNA that have to be silent at certain times for everything to work properly. So the yeast uh, protein SIR2, its job is to regulate DNA, whatever needs to be silent to keep silent. Um, now in mammals, this yeast, one yeast gene has seven homologs and they have very different functions. Um, so out of those seven, uh, you know, and they were numbered <laughs> just in the order in which they were described and studied. Mm -hmm. So there is really, the number doesn't mean the importance of the right. protein. <laughs> so number six mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's the one of the least <laughs> important ones. Um, and interestingly, number six actually happens to be the one uh, with the function perhaps most aligned uh, to the yeast sir 2 protein that is very involved in lifespan determination in yeast. Uh, and out of the seven mammalian sirtuins, um, sirtuin 6 is one that is, you know, when you manipulate it, it has the strongest effect on lifespan. And because mm. other sirtuins, they have other important functions, but if you, for example, you mutate this gene or you give extra copy of the gene, there is no major effect on lifespan. But with CERT6, there is. And this is why, uh, to me, or at least to people interested in longevity, this is the most interesting one. Uh, if you mutate CERT2 and 6 in the mouse, uh, mm -hmm. these mice develop very severe phenotype. Uh, it's a very progeroid phenotype. Uh, they uh, only live about 30 days uh, and they develop various uh, abnormalities and some of them really look like premature aging. Um, they have a lot of genomic instability. Their DNA is a mess. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then they die. They kind of uh, develop a lot of inflammation um, and um, various other pathologies and they die very early. Uh, so this is interesting, but that's maybe not the most interesting part. The most interesting part is if you give extra copy of CER2 and 6, mice can live up to 20% longer. Mm -hmm. and that is really uh, exciting. And we started working on CER2 and 6 uh, some year, more than 10 years ago. Uh, and we show that it is important in uh, various processes that are really central to longevity. It's important for genome stability and the repair of DNA breaks. Uh, we know that DNA breaks um, is a very severe lesion, like when there is a the strand of DNA, both strands get broken, so that that is a problem. You can lose like a whole chunk of chromosome. 
Uh, sirtuin 6 is very important for repair of these breaks. And we also discovered, and that was coming from uh, my group, uh, we discovered that uh, sirtuin 6 plays a role in silencing, which again, similar to the yeast uh, protein mm -hmm. that's for, for silencing. So sirtuin 6 is important for silencing of transposable elements. Mm -hmm. uh, so what are transposable elements? Um, these are just pieces of DNA in our genome, uh, but they are kind of selfish pieces. They, are not, they don't serve a very clear function. Uh, they may be remnants of different viruses that in, infected our ancestors in the past, and they, they just took residence in our genome. And we have a lot of these elements. Our genome, maybe almost half of it is made up of these unwelcome guests. Uh, so what our cell wants is to keep them silent. We don't want them to be active, to be making protein. Um, and sirtuin 6 is really important for them. It makes sure they are condensed into heterochromatin, which means DNA that is not active. And if we remove sirt 6 like in those mice uh, that age prematurely, uh, all of their transposons wake up and they start to be active and that's what drives inflammation. And the same thing happens as we get older because when we are young and we have, uh, everything is functioning well and we have a lot of sirtuin 6, our transposons are silent. But as we are getting older, all of these systems that are designed to keep transposons, which are kind of a genomic parasite, uh, keeping these parasites quiet, these systems start to fail gradually. Uh, transposons wake up and they drive inflammation. So here again, it links uh, SIRT6 directly to uh, the process of uh, age-related inflammation that is kind of the driver of many age-related diseases. Right. Okay. I just wonder why we have these... Why have we not, um, you know, evolutionarily got rid of these transposons? Yeah, this is a very good question. Um, maybe it is difficult to completely get rid of parasites, like you know, everything in life. Uh, different life forms are trying to take hold. Uh, and, um, you know, even larger parasites still infect Um humans and other living creatures, right? It's difficult Like we still have viruses that are infecting us. So it's hard to get rid of them completely. Uh, this is one explanation. Another explanation may be that, well, perhaps they are playing some positive roles. Uh, and uh, my group has also kind of pioneered these studies. Uh, we showed that transposons in principle, they can be helpful uh, when, uh, as an anti-cancer agent, because uh, when cells, and, and it's not because they want to help us, but <laughs> our cells sort of learn to use them for something mm -hmm. useful. Uh, so when a cell sort of starts on the path to malignancy, mm -hmm. so one of the first steps of, of this on this path um, is hyperplasia. Cells start to divide more than they should. They are not fully malignant yet, but they already proliferate a bit too much. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens at this stage, because uh, another very important uh, mechanism to silence transposons is DNA methylation. Uh, but DNA methylation, every time the cell divides, DNA methylation has to be reinstalled back. Uh, and if the cell divides too much, too quick, uh, then these cellular systems may lag behind and not reinstall methylation as quickly as needed. So this leads to activation of transposons because they're like, oh, we are not methylated. We can start making proteins and mm-hmm. making trouble. Um, so these pre-malignant cells have elevated transposon levels, but then uh, this triggers uh, immune response in the cell. And the, the cell, because if there is a strong activation of interferons, innate immunity, that kills the cell, which is a good thing because we mm-hmm. don't want these pre-malignant cells around. So in this way, transposons even, you know, maybe that doesn't serve them. Per- <laughs> it doesn't help transposons, but it helps our organism to get rid of. We use transposons as a gauge to see, oh, okay, they're too active in this cell, mm-hmm. uh, then let's eliminate it. So this is this may be the positive side of how our mm-hmm. cells or our organism learn to make some use of transposons. And, and it works, but as we get older, transposons start to activate indiscriminately. Right. Um, and then it's like the flip coin of the same process, but now if it happens not just in those bad cells, but it just happens everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, leads to functional decline. Yes. So I believe uh, that the, the study that they did where they showed the lifespan, lifespan extension in the mice was uh, genetic, right? They, they overexpressed CERT6. So is there a way of expressing CERT6 which is not genetic? I mean, how would we how can we do that either non-pharmacologically or using some kind of molecule? Yes, yes. Now, that is, of course, um, the most pressing question because this would open the pathway to translate it into clinical applications for people. Um, so, yes, we could, in principle, deliver it by gene therapy methods, and uh, we are working on these approaches. Hmm. Um so the transport, I mean, CERT6 could be delivered using nanoparticle-based methods. It could be delivered using viral vectors like adeno-associated viruses. Um, so it, it potentially this is very powerful mm-hmm. uh, because we can really achieve high level of expression. Uh, there are, of course, various technical um problems that need to be solved because uh, we don't have a perfect way of delivering it everywhere. So there are always questions of distribution and which tissue will get the most Mm -hmm. benefit and will get the most uh, of this gene therapy delivered. Um, But potentially, you know, we don't know which tissue is the most limiting for aging. That's another big question. And maybe Mm -hmm. by targeting uh, either everything a little bit or just, uh, you know, a critical tissue that is deemed most important, we can achieve um, good results with this approach. 
and um, I think this is very promising. Is your team working on something like that? Like, yeah, we are collaborating with uh, mm-hmm. biotech companies uh, on doing that, and uh, we also conduct uh, some studies in my at my university. So there are studies ongoing right now. I don't have the results yet, okay. but hopefully in a few yeah. months there will be something to talk about. But yes, we, we are doing it actively right now. Using viral vectors or RNA? Can I Actually, both approaches. Both. We are doing oh, right. both. Yes. Okay, that will be very interesting to learn more about. Um, <laughs> Okay, you so, know, because it could be done um, just as anti-aging uh, strategy. We could also um, use it against specific diseases that are associated with aging of a particular organ. In which case, we just target that organ. So there are different approaches, and we are just trying everything right now. We will see what works. Mm-hmm.